Hello, hello, hello. This is Ashley, your host for the podcast Breadcrumbs, and this episode's going to be a little different. Um, if you're not already subscribed to my channel, subscribe and um, definitely comment uh, in Anchor. You can actually message me on Anchor. Voice messages are always great. I can actually um, put you in my episode if you want to have a shout out and stuff. Um, I will shout out one of my friends who's been kind of um, coaxing me lately and also um, who's kind of just been there since the beginning when I first started my podcast like I was kind of like oh should I do this kind of iffy you know and I had already put out some already some episodes and stuff but um this person's feedback really helped me like see that you know I am doing something that I love to do and people are getting something out of it so it it really um it helped me continue and that person is Sam and like um we live kind of far from each other now but at the time we lived near each other and we'd meet up and we would talk conspiracy theories and stuff like that and um he actually just reached out to me recently and um said that he really appreciates my podcast so it means a lot when people appreciate and get something out of um my work and and the things that I'm doing um because that's really the point the point isn't popularity um I have another channel that's like doing really really well unassumingly I don't know why I mean I do know why but I started it it's an ASMR channel but I started it to help people with um like um certain disorders that um you can use ASMR as a coping mechanism or to help you sleep so that's what ASMR is for and I started another channel for that. And I'm getting like a lot of traffic on that channel. But um, I, it, it's a really, like it's good. I'm helping people. But this is more important to me. So even though I don't have as many like viewers or it wouldn't be viewers. It would be listeners. I apologize because this is not YouTube. Even though I'm going to start a YouTube channel, I know everybody's been hounding me about it. And I am 2019 is the year Ashley's going to start a YouTube channel. It might be December 31st, but it will happen in the year 2019, okay? Um, as, as soon as I can. Like, as soon as I can get things up and going the way that I want them to. So I don't want to just, like, make a crappy youtube channel like i want it to be worth something i want like to have you know nice background green screens i want to have good um editing software good camera you know the just like the basics lighting and and such um so with podcasts it's a little different because you're just listening to my voice you're not looking at me and you're just hearing things that I have to say. So my content on this has to be on point and hopefully it is. Um, but with YouTube, it's a little different because you have more mediums that you have to present on point content. Like you have to be visually on point. You have to be like audio has to be on point. Everything has to be on point. And just, this is just audio. So it helps. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about um, 
things that like it's hard to say because like I know what I want to say but at the same time like I told myself that I would not really ever talk about certain things on um my podcast but then I was like if I don't talk about them no one else is going to so maybe some of these things need to be talked about and maybe like I'm still, I'm reaching those people who haven't heard these subjects and, you know, maybe need to hear these subjects. So this one is going to be a little different. It's going to be explaining and talking about certain things, obstacles that are things that I cannot change um, because we're on that journey to self-love and we do change the things that we can change. But there are things that we cannot change. If you have um, type 1 diabetes, you can't change that. That you were born with it. Like you're just, you have to find a way to cope with it, to live with it, and to overcome the obstacles that are presented by it. Um, If you, like whatever you have that is like a permanent thing, um, a permanent stressor in your life that you can't remove just by being like, okay, this person's gone or this thing is gone and you can't do that. Even, you know, um, I tell people all the time, if work is one of those stressors, you should get another job. And I've said that many times, but it's not as easy as like just quitting your job and just finding another one. Like it takes time and it takes effort and stuff. And that in the meantime, that is something that you have no control over. That you work for a place that you don't really want to continuously work at. So, but that is still, that is something that you can change eventually. So mainly I want to focus on things that you really just have no control over. If you're blind, you have no control over that. If you're deaf, you have no control over that. If you're deaf, you're not listening to this though. Or maybe you are and someone's signing it to you. I don't know. But, (laughs) but, like, I have several things that I cannot change. One of them is chronic fatigue syndrome. And you guys have heard me talk about that a little bit. Um, And basically, just like, I'm super tired all the time. Like, that's the gist of it. Super tired all the time, body aches, feels like I have the flu 24-7 without the throwing up. Some people experience that, but I don't have the vomiting, so thank God about that. Um, But, like, I'm just super, super tired all the time. I don't get refreshing sleep, etc., etc. Woe is me. Sorry. I don't mean to, to get you guys to, like, feel bad for me because... I don't even, I don't like, I don't feel bad for myself. It's just these are obstacles. These are things that I have to daily come up against. So I'm too tired to get out of bed. But no, I'm getting out of bed. Like I'm doing it. So then I get out of bed and I'm too tired to cook. But no, my kids need to eat. So I cook. But it's still something that isn't easy. It's not like, oh, I just say it and I can do it. It's it's really hard. Sometimes I have to take breaks, cleaning the house, which really sucks because I'm like, I do like three dishes and then I sit down and then I get back up as soon as I've like caught my breath, kind of like just been able to relax. Then I get back up and do like three or four more and it takes forever to get things done. That's a huge obstacle. So that doesn't help with my time management at all. Um, 
the other thing is, and I don't think I've talked about, I've talked about this on this podcast. I don't think I've talked about it at all out loud with anybody except for my closest friends. And that is the fact that I have dermatillomania, which is skin picking disorder, um, also called excoriation disorder. Um, it is very hard because it does hold me back a lot and it has held me back a lot in the past. Like I didn't go to prom because of it. And what it is, if you don't know, is, um, it is a disorder in which my brain is wired a certain way and I, um, have urges to pick my skin first it's to feel the skin for any imperfections it's like so my fingers do like a once over like to feel if my skin has any bumps or um, rough spots or anything that just doesn't feel smooth and then the next step is to remove it yes so I like pick at my face and where other people would just like pick one little pimple or whatever I don't stop because your skin is never 100% perfect. So, like, I am like, oh, like, I am going to make it perfect. And what ends up happening is I just end up putting holes in my face or my legs or my back or wherever um, the disorder is centralized at that time. Right now, it's my face. Um, So, it holds me back because then I don't want to go out. I put makeup on and I feel stupid because I have to cake makeup on to look decent. Um, There are times when, like, it changes locations and it's, like, on my legs or something. So then, like, it's hot out. And even though, like, my face is clear, my, my legs aren't, so I can't wear shorts. So it's, you know, it does hold me back from a lot of things. I think the worst is when it's on my face because I just... I can't, I don't even like looking at myself. It's pretty hard, right? Um, so I think that's what got me into photo editing a long time ago, really, was that like, I didn't like the way that I looked when I picked, obviously no one would, and um, all the imperfections and stuff like I wanted clear face and I couldn't get that for a long time especially because when you're a teenager like it's and you have acne period it's just like it's a constant thing and I would want like I listen to all the things like I wash my face face isn't dirty it's just uh like I guess hormone levels or something like I've been to dermatologists many times but um they they always recommend like these really harsh like like things like steroids and stuff like that and the problem is that um I don't want to get my face or skin addicted to these things and they work for periods of time then when you stop it's worse than you've ever seen before so like I just I can't I just I don't want to do it that way so I've been trying to do it more natural ways, like dealing with the acne, but it's not just acne. Like if it's, um, like I cut myself yesterday, no, it was the day before yesterday, cutting um, pork chops and, um, I sliced like right into my thumb and it's a really bad place because my 
my index finger rubs over it and it notices the imperfection like right there and it's like right right where that finger like just lays you know so I'm like oh man like I always feel it and it's painful picking at it because it's a cut that was made with a serrated knife into my skin yet my brain tells me that if I don't pull the skin around it it's never going to heal or it's not going to be smooth or I can get rid of it just by doing that and it's not logical doesn't make any sense um but it is things that my brain is telling me so I understand like I am smart enough to understand that those things are not logical but at the same time you have someone telling you something over and over and over and over and over all day every day and a constant reminder of it eventually you just give in because it's just easier to just give in so um on a small scale like I understand you know other things like you know people who are in that have other addictions or things like that this wouldn't be considered an addiction and um let me make this clear this is not self-harm I do not like like self-harm at all I used to use it as a coping mechanism um it was an addiction it is one that I overcame and that I would never go back to just because I've never been drawn back to it so it's not like a once I got over it it was not a constant battle for me for other people, it's a constant battle the rest of your life. Um, also, uh, at a very young age, I was um, facing, I, w- I would say, like, I was I was um, on the verge or teeter-tottering with anorexia and um, bulimia. And um, I overcame those things, and most people, it would take their entire lives to uh, keep fighting they just have to keep fighting I know someone personally actually who it's a constant struggle every single day just to eat food because her brain is telling her that every morsel that she eats she's getting fat for some reason my brain my brain was telling me those things at the, that point in time um, and it was also telling me that my skin needs to be soft and not like it needs to be smooth and have no imperfections and when there is one whether it's like you know rubbing on my leg and then I feel like just a tiny little bump I'm like no 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 that has to that's to go so like it comes to even using like tweezers or or like you know tools to get rid of these imperfections and it sucks because (laughs) I'm just making it worse and I know it. I know that I am. There's blood and it's not good. It's really, uh, but my brain is just wired to tell me differently. So, um, that's something that I can't change. I can't change those urges. I can't change the fact that it just is constantly weighing on me to pick my skin and if my face is clear, then it's my back. Or if it's not, if my back's clear, my face is clear, then it's my legs. It's never not there. It's always present. And it's always feeling for, like, I'm always feeling for imperfections. Um, and some people have it to a very small degree. And it's with, like, biting their nails or biting the skin around their nails. But I have a heavier form of it that is just constantly daunting. And um, 
so that's an example of something that I cannot change. And it's real. That's really something about me that I find horrifying, a little shameful, because, I mean, let's be honest, like, there's so many different um, downsides to it. And, you know, it's not like, I don't know, like other certain other things people come forward and say that they have. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're really courageous to, to talk about that. But this is something that like I do to myself. So it's just like, it's not like a disease or like cancer or think something like that, which I, I don't wish to change, you know, and have cancer and like switch it out or anything. But because that's far worse. But it's just that um, you don't, it's, it's a very shameful thing. Like, it just feels shameful. Like, look what I did to myself. This is what I did. No one else to blame but me. Like, that's hard. It's really hard. So how I deal with these things are I write. I write a lot, actually. I've written about my um, skin picking condition and that's helped greatly. Um, and ASMR has helped. Um, there's some kind of uh, similarities in the satisfaction that I get from picking and the satisfaction from ASMR. So when I'm, when I'm picking, I'm like, oh, if I get this, then I'll be happy because it'll be gone and then like my skin will be smooth again. So there's like a satisfaction that's there. So it is like an addiction, but it's it's never enough. Like no matter what, it's just never enough. With ASMR, it is like these sounds that are very satisfying to hear and they give you like the tingles or whatever. Um, and there's nothing bad happening to me. Like I'm not doing anything bad to myself. Um, and I'm getting the satisfaction that I would from picking. The problem is that the urges are still there. So it sucks because they never go away. But ASMR has curbed and helped curb my um, skin picking to like a minimum. And um, I just have to always, like, I have to constantly be self-aware. That's another thing that I have to work on is being self-aware to everything that I'm doing. Um, I'm constantly checking myself like, okay, I'm putting a key in the door, turning the lock, like always, even to myself, telling myself what I'm doing because it'll come to a point where I'm like, oh, my hand is scanning my skin for imperfections. Oh, no, 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 stop. And when I'm doing that, when I'm um, doing self-checks, and I'm trying to do them as much as possible. It's hard because, like, I get distracted and, you know, there's so much goes on in life itself. It's hard to just constantly be aware of what you're doing. Like, literally in the moment, every moment. But it helps so, so, so much because I catch myself. More often than not, I'm like, oh, and I'm doing it. Stop. But if I let myself just like watch TV and I'm not doing those self checks or I'm just, you know, doing something that just doesn't require a lot of thought and I don't do any self checks, it starts happening and I'm not even thinking about it. Like it's just something that happens. So, um, 
I don't know if any of you have dermatillomania. There's another um, one called trichotillomania, which I don't have, but I've talked to a lot of people and it's very similar. Um, it's where you pull out hairs, like one by one, out of your head, um, or eyebrows, or eyelashes, or anywhere on your body, really. It's, it's the act of pick, pulling hair out of your body. So those people have that. And it's very similar in the urges and the satisfaction, etc. Um, so if you have either of those, maybe look into ASMR. Um, but majority of you guys don't have to worry about this thing or either of those. But maybe you have something that you're not able to change about yourself. Um, something, it's, it's in the cards that you were dealt. And you just have to like play them the best that you can. And we could be like, oh, this sucks so bad. Like I could be. I could say, I shouldn't even get up out of bed. Because all I want to do is just lay there because I'm so tired. And then I'm going to end up like freaking attacking my face anyways so might as well just like lay there and smother myself with a pillow and go back to sleep when I wake up like I could be on that mindset and that that is so easy to slip into depression in that mindset because you can't your your brain can't move past the problem but I've moved past it I'm like, okay, maybe I can't change it. But you have to accept that fact. You have to accept that you can't change it. Maybe there's a cure in the future, whatever. But right now, at this given time and moment, I can't change it. If you're in a situation where you're caught up in something that you can't change and it has to do with your daily life, it holds you back, don't let it. Try to figure out ways to work around it. Um... I say things like, um, like when people say, oh, I'm living with dermatillomania or chronic fatigue syndrome. I don't say it like that. It's like chronic fatigue syndrome is living with me and dermatillomania is living with me. It's putting up with me because I'm not going to let it win. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to just fall over because there's something that I can't change. Everybody has something that they can't change. Every single person. I don't care who you are. King of England. doesn't matter. You have something about yourself that you cannot change. And most of the time, it's something in your brain or the way you're wired or something that is in your physical body that you can't change. Disease or disorder. It doesn't matter. It's something that you cannot change. So we need to realize you know, that we can't change it. Like, there's no point in crying about it. There's no point in being down about it and depressed about it. Um, and, I mean, if if it's something that you can change, then you would have already changed it, right? Because it's so debilitating. Like, if I could change my chronic fatigue syndrome, it had already been done. Because I've been living with this since I was a kid. And same with the skin picking. I've been doing it since I can actually remember. <laughs> like, 
I did it and I, the first signs of it I remember were I remember I was very very young and I had like scabs on my knee and stuff and I'd pick those and um and then I had a spot on my ankle that I don't even know how I got it but I would just keep picking at it and kids at school would be like ew she has blood on her socks and it would literally like bleed through my socks and then all of a sudden I'd be aware and it, and it was embarrassing it was shameful but um I've had it for a very long time and I didn't even know it was a disorder until I saw an episode of um Dr. Phil and there was this girl on there and she had like literally everything that I go through she went through and I was like this is crazy this is something that it's not just me I'm not alone so that's another thing that you have to realize about your thing that you can't change is that there is not one person on this planet that is dealing with something completely alone I don't care who you are whatever you have somebody else has it maybe even just one other person my thing is really rare, but still millions of people have it. So, like, that that should tell you that um, even as rare as it is, both things, actually. Well, dermatillomania isn't as rare as chronic fatigue syndrome, but to combine, like, I, I have yet to find somebody who has chronic fatigue syndrome and um, dermatillomania, but, but I'm sure there's someone out there with that exact combination and this living life and like oh man it's so difficult so find yourself a support group i've done i'm on dermatillomania support groups and i'm on now i'm on chronic fatigue syndrome websites and support groups and the reason why is because there are people there that are going through what you're going through they're in all the stages you've got people who are just starting finding out, like when I found out about dermatillomania, that it's actually a thing. I was like, whoa, it has a name. Holy moly. I'm not the only person on the planet who has it. And I was asking questions to people who knew more about it or people who had already known that they had it for a long period of time. And so um, that's the beginning stages. So then you've got people who have tried different things and ha are experts on different treatments and stuff. So have different stages of people in that support group that can help you and then you can also in turn help the people who are asking you questions because um now I've been on the support group for dermatillomania for quite some time and I've tried different things like the ASMR and things like that and people ask me questions that I can help them so um Although these things are meant to keep us in the dark and hide, make us hide from the world and try to feel so alone, actually these are things that can actually bring us together and um, cause us to unite under these things and um, get better understanding of people. I've become really close to some of the people who have been there at my worst and understand and know exactly. Like I'm like, listen... I'm not even going to give you any details, but I went into the bathroom with tweezers and nail file or a nail clipper and I've, I was in there for three and a half hours and one of the people in the support group would be like, no, you don't have to explain. I already know. Do this, like take some alcohol, rub it on your face. It's going to burn a little bit. 
um, like they they walk me through it they help me they they're very supportive um, and I also help them like I my writing helps them I write poems and there's so many times when people are like wow that really that really helped me you know when I come up with ideas um, the butterfly project three because there's two other butterfly projects that are named by somebody else I came up with a third option of the butterfly project and um, it is I think the original butterfly project started out for people who cut and it is it was to draw a butterfly on your hand uh, to remind yourself not to cut yourself to see the butterfly and kind of just be aware of that feeling um, and then I think the second one was to draw butterflies every time that you get the urge. So um, mine has to do with dermatillomania and not cutting because I don't have that problem. Although that may be something that you're dealing with and those urges. And um, that's very common actually. The, um, the um, center for diseases I don't think has classified that as a disorder, but hear me out. It will be at one point in the book as a, um, a body dysmorphic disorder of some kind. Um, I just don't think that they realize that it, it's caused by urges the same as dermatillomania, except for the urge to self-harm obviously is a little different. Mine is to fix it people who self-harm or at least when I did my experiences with self-harm was um I'm a very analytical person so it didn't take long for me to get over this because I I really like logically flipped this on, on its head and I was like literally this is no longer making any sense to me and why I'm doing it so I found other outlets to do it um to to release anger and writing was actually a big one that um, released me from my cutting um, because then I could write about it and I would get the same satisfaction as actually doing it so it was it was really fulfilling to start writing um, and then I didn't even have to write about cutting anymore I just wrote about things that um, upset me or you know that that hurt me the reason that I was feeling that way, whether it was rejection or anger, sadness, disappointment, the reasons that I would cut prior to that. So um, when I cut, and I don't know if this is true for everybody who has cut or will cut, um, one, it's not something that I condone or think that you should do. Um, there are always ways to um, cope with certain emotions and that is one of the worst ways to do it you could actually kill yourself doing it and I know that people would tell me that when they found out and they would be like you could slip and hit a vein and I'd be like oh I'm I'm too careful for that like I'm not trying to kill myself I'm just releasing this um emotion so what would go through my mind is when I was cutting I was feeling pain that was so crippling that it didn't make sense why I was in so much pain, yet my body was 
perfectly fine. I, I wasn't bleeding, no broken bones, yet I felt like I was dying inside. So I had to make it logical by cutting myself and causing pain on myself that I could then rationalize why I was feeling so bad. Anyway, yes, it's, it's terrible. I was living for that rush too because there was a rush from um, doing that, but it got less and less and really the main reason was to rationalize pain and to cope with pain and um, it's just a really terrible way to cope with anything. Um, it's, it's harming yourself. And if you love yourself, you wouldn't harm yourself. So I think that this journey to self-love, you know, if you do have that problem, that maybe, um, working on loving yourself will help fix that and find other coping mechanisms and stuff. But, um, the urges are something that you can't change. Um, eventually they stopped for me, but when they were happening, I couldn't change them. I couldn't say, no, stop, stop the urges. And just like I can't with derma, it just is there and it's a constant. Like right now, it's constantly in the back of my mind. Like it, it wants to control me. I feel like I'm an alien. Like there's an alien trapped in my body and it just wants to tear open the skin. I wrote a poem about that actually because it helped. Um, where I don't know if I want to turn it into a short story or not, but like that derma really wasn't... a a brain disorder, that it was um, an alien that is taken over in our brains and it wants to show its true form. So it wants us, it's controlling the brain to little by little, like take off our skin. So that way it can be visible underneath. But I mean, that's, that's just a story. It was just a fun, like, explanation of it. Um, there's really no explanation of it, to be honest. Um, I thought that it had a connection with my anemia, but my anemia went away, and I'm still stuck with derma. So, I don't know. I really don't know, guys. Um, I know that with my anemia, I had urges to chew ice, which sounds like you know, oh, I chew eyes, like people chew eyes, not a big deal. And it's not harmful. I mean, like a little bit to your teeth, but it's not like super harmful, like picking your face or your skin. And yet it is the same type of urges. Like I will get the urge when I was anemic, severely anemic to chew ice so badly that I, if there was no ice, like I had to go buy ice. And I had to put in a cup and chew it like I had to chew the ice. And crushed ice was the best because it's easiest to chew. Um, but it was like urges that just wouldn't stop. Like, I need ice. I need ice. I need to chew 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 ice. And it just doesn't stop till you fulfill that. And then, like, there is some minor amount of satisfaction that comes from doing it. So, anyway. So, I I gave you guys examples of things that... I'm dealing with that really bombard or try to bombard my daily life. Um, if I gave in to them, I just wouldn't be functioning because I just, I wouldn't. But I don't give in to them. I find ways around them. I try to face these obstacles head on. I do as much research as I can because research is always changing. Um... And who knows, there might be a cure at some point, like something I can just like 
take a pill and then stop the urges. That'd be great. But um, there are many people facing things or dealing with things that they believe are holding them back. And if it is something that you have no control over, know that even though you don't have control over the obstacle itself, you have control over the choices that you make to avoid the obstacle or to deal with the obstacle being there. And every choice that you make is significant. Um, I make small choices, just tiny little choices every day. Like I make sure, one, I make sure that I'm always, like my face is always like clean because I'm always washing my face. And making sure that, you know, that any breakouts that happen aren't be because I'm not keeping my face clean. Although that is kind of part of the disorder because it want like, the disorder is, like, ritualistically trying to always make my, fa- my face and skin completely clear. So overly washing my face is also part of that disorder. So I have to watch out and not do that. But just things like little small choices that I make every day, um, make sure that I eat healthy and that I'm not eating a bunch of like gross, nasty foods that can contribute to that. Um, how I do my nails so that way they're not really sharp and they're a lot like, you know, softer on my skin, I guess you can say. Um, just little, little choices that add up to big things that make a difference may seem like tiny little insignificant choices but they're huge in the whole scheme of things because um I would have many more holes in my face or my face would be just completely just tore up if I didn't make these tiny little choices um so hopefully what you guys got out of this is that we are dealt cards. We are sometimes dealt cards that we don't want. Um, and we just have to deal with them and we have to make them work. Um, until we can get a new hand, but sometimes it's not possible. Um, I know that there's a lot of people dealing with diseases that are killing them. So, why would I sit there and just beat myself up and be like, Ugh, I have this thing for the rest of my life. Like, eh. But I'm literally living and there are people who are literally dying. So I'm grateful for the time that I have and for the time that I can spend talking to people and helping people. And I really think that that's my purpose here on earth is that just to spend every minute have every day concentrated on making myself a better vessel for light to shine through and for um, for me to just shine as much light as possible to all the world and hopefully make the world a better place because my kids are growing up in this world and it's, it's really a tragic place. It really is. I mean, it's not like we haven't had bad people in the world for many years like you know ted bundy was in the 60s or 70s or 80s 60s and 70s i think but even so like there's been bad people for 
since the beginning. I mean, Cain killed Abel, so that's like in the beginning of the Bible. Um, you know, just there's always been evil running rampant on earth, but the more light that there is, the less darkness there can be. So I'm just hoping and praying that all of the light that I'm bringing and I'm trying to share with other people makes a difference in the next generation and maybe, maybe, just maybe, makes life better for my kids as they're growing up when they no longer have me because there will be a day when I'm not there anymore and maybe one tiny little thing that I did to make someone's day better made them be a better person and or spread you know it just kept spreading and caused somebody to be a better person or a better parent to their kid or anything like that and then and then my kids have a better life because like the butterfly effect that's what I'm trying to explain I'm so sorry guys I'm just really badly not feeling well and horribly inarticulate when I feel like this so I'm, I'm starting to feel like the really tiredness set in um, and I had plenty of sleep if you want to know I went to bed at like 8 30 so and I woke up at like 7 40 so, I mean, I had like almost 12 hours of sleep and I've had, I've done and trying like eight hours of sleep for a whole week. I've tried nine hours sleep for a whole week, 10 hours sleep a whole week. It doesn't work. Like it's, it's just kind of, you know, trying different things, but it's not working, but I'm still not going to let it not like, I'm not going to let it stop me from doing what I want to do. Like I'm making my podcast right now, like I said I was going to do, and my daughter is napping, so when she gets up, I'm going to give her a snack and spend some time with her, like I said I was going to do. Oh no, I hate when I yawn. Oh. Um, so... I'm going to end it on that note because I need to probably lay down like right now. But um, I just want you guys to just really, really work on understanding that there are things in this life that have been given to us that we don't have any control over. And, I, and I've repeated this over and over and over and over and over. But the reason why is because accepting it is so hard so I have to continuously repeat it to accept it I do I have to say I have no control over this but that's okay because I have control over the other decisions that I make that affect this so I'm going to um work on the things that I can accept the things that I can't I know this is some kind of like um a chant or whatever for like Alcoholics Anonymous or AA or whatever um, I didn't adopt it from there, but it's very similar. I'm not sure if it's a Bible verse, because I heard it could be a Bible verse, but, um, I do, I do, like, completely understand the concept, and I agree with that concept. Um, th there's just sometimes things you can't change, well, you can't change 
I mean, you can change some things, like, about yourself. Like, if you don't like your nose, you can go get it done in a plastic surgeon. I wouldn't recommend that because, you know, I think that you should accept what God has given you, the slate that God has given you, the the um, beautiful creation that you are. It's not a mistake. But I understand, you know, some people just don't see eye to eye on that. So they want to change some things about themselves. And some people can. Some people have the money to go out and change all the things they want about themselves. Um, but there comes a point where there are some things that you literally just have no control over. No matter how much money you have. No matter how much influence you have. There's nothing, literally nothing that can change the fact that I have chronic fatigue syndrome or dermatillomania. But, I have an outlet. I can talk to you guys about it. um, And maybe help other people who have just now realized after listening to this that they may have this. And they're not alone. (laughs) Because that's how I felt when I saw that episode of Dr. Phil. I was like, holy moly, there's really a person on TV. And this is really a thing. And she has this thing. And so do I. It was, it was just mind-blowing for me. Like, then I just did as much research as I could on it because it actually had a name. It had a name. Before that, I didn't know what even to call it. I didn't even know if I was the only one in the whole world who had it. So, and then chronic fatigue syndrome, obviously, I've been trying to explain it away, so many different things. But um, as many people in my life that have called me lazy or just you know, not understood and thought like, oh, she's just tired, but it's not just tired. It's like an exhaustion that, um, can cause you such fatigue. You are literally minutes away from falling asleep. Like right now I'm trying really hard. I think you can tell cause I'm laboring, just talking. Um, and it's really hard to like keep my mind clear and continue on the same subject and not and not fall asleep um which I really probably need to even though it doesn't do anything like when I wake up I don't feel refreshed but if I don't fall asleep it's very detrimental like I will um I will experience really bad brain fog where I might like do something really stupid or hurt myself on accident so this is a real thing like a lot of people have thought it wasn't real for a long time even some doctors said it wasn't real um because there's no physical marker for it like in the blood and such but but so many people have the same symptoms that it just can't be a coincidence. And finally, it got um, put in as a diagnosis in the medical books. So there's hope. And then there's also people researching it. And uh, to be quite honest, I didn't want to have this. So like, you know, having this diagnosis was kind of bittersweet because it was like, yes, it's good that, you know, finally figured this out and like what it is and everything. And now I can like it's concrete like I know what it is there's not really a whole lot of research there's no cures out there so like that doesn't do a whole lot of good with that 
But for a long time, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe there's just something I can do in my daily life that will help me, like, just exercise or just things like that. And um, come to find out that exercise is actually the worst thing for CFS because it just makes you have that, um, like, that extreme body tiredness and um, muscle soreness. And no, I'm not talking about, like, after leg day, because I have friends who work out, and their tired and muscle soreness is different than mine. Mine is debilitating. I can't, um, and I'm not even, like, lifting or doing anything intense. I'm just... I'm like, okay, I can walk a mile, and I do that, and um, I feel like I'm going to die by the end of it, <laughs> so my endorphins don't end up pumping, like everyone says, oh, you feel so great after you work out, or you do anything like great physical exercise, and no, and some people are like, oh, well, you're just walking, you need to jog, so I've tried that, and literally felt like someone like should have just picked me up at the end of the road because I laid there for a good two hours and couldn't get up and I was a mile away from home so that was not good but I was just like yeah the spot on the grass this is where I'm gonna be until I can get back up and um and a lot of people just don't understand it but I I get it like I get it because I didn't I don't even understand it myself and with the dermatillomania think the worst thing is that um and it's really hard to talk about the derma like I try to go back to the CFS because it's easier to talk about because being tired is a whole lot different than picking your face um but it is it is not something that I enjoy talking about but I feel like it is something that needs to be talked about because not that many people are talking about it and there are people who have it and there may be people out there who have it and don't know that they have it like I was growing up and and maybe talking about it will help them so at least to put a name to it you know um but with the dermatillomania there are some some little things that happen in other people's judgmental brains um when someone sees someone with a picked face or skin but usually face if if it's the face um they assume some things like that there are drugs involved um i've been actually on too many occasions to count been confused with someone who is um, partaking in methamphetamines and that is simply not the case I do not like drugs at all um, yet picking is also something that meth addicts do and so I get put under that umbrella you know, and people just assume that. So that makes it hard to go out because, especially, especially cops, for some reason. Like, I think they're trained. Like, people who have, like, all, like, evidence of face picking, they just automatically assume. Um, I got pulled over, it was, like, years back, but, because I, I pretty much don't break the law. But, 
um, years, years back, I got pulled over for speeding, I think. It might have been something else, but I think it was speeding. It was something very small. And the cop said, when is the last time that you did meth? And I was like, what? Like, I had to, like, replay that in my head and try to figure out, like, what did, what did he just ask me? Like, not license and registration. His first, like, he looked right at me and said, when is the last time that you did meth? And I couldn't, I couldn't even, like, understand why he was saying that to me. Because, like, at that time, I didn't even know anything much about methamphetamines or meth addicts at that time so I just didn't even like I was like what um and then I'm thinking like maybe he ran my tag wrong and he has the wrong car and it's somebody who has like a history and that's why he thinks that like no no no, this is who I am and he just looked dead at me he's like when's the last time and I was like I'm, I'm sorry officer I don't I don't do drugs at all hmm kind of like gave me that judgmental like guess you're not gonna tell me face and wrote me a little ticket for whatever it was that I did I think it was speeding though because I've had very few tickets in my entire life but so that's a stereotype that goes along with dermatillomania unfortunately um and anyone who has derma can definitely vouch for that for sure um and then it also doesn't help that I'm really pale and I was anemic. So just all those things combined, people just think, you know, like def- it's definitely meth. So I just want you guys to also to, you know, realize that your judgments mean a lot when you just assume somebody has a problem or something like if you're wrong it really, really messes with them and it really hurts them. Um, me being classified as a druggie just really hurts me, especially when people, this has happened like recently. Um, I actually think I did talk about this. If I did, I think I deleted it because <laughs> I just don't, I don't like talking about it, but I had um, my, it was at a party and my closest friend um, was with me and she knows about my derma like she's known about it since I was little and when it wasn't on my face like it was when I was doing it on my legs she knew about it cause she's the person I confided into about everything in my entire life and she was also there for me when I found out what it was and she helped me research and it's like she knows she really knows what it is and the extent of it um and somebody came up to her and told her that like, your friend is, um, is on the myth, you know, like, and she's like, what? Like, there are clear signs. Maybe you don't know, because you don't know the signs, but these are the signs. And my, my friend was like, can you not judge her like that? First of all, it's not drugs. She's not on drugs. Like, and they're like, no, I know, like, people can do it and hide it right in front of your face. But even though you're around her all the time, people can still do drugs and like hide it from you. And she, she backed me up and she's like, no, this is what she has. It's dermatillomania. And how dare you just assume that this mother of five children 
is on drugs just because you met her at one party and she I didn't even drink at that party so like my image just was like shattered just because my face has evidence of scarring from picking I try to put on makeup um sometimes you know but that doesn't always work on the worst times and the worst times are certain times where hormones are the worst and I can't help that and it just that's the way it is but I um I just I really try to make small changes every day to affect the big things in my life and hopefully you guys have learned a lot from this episode it was a little cringy I know I know I know some things like I don't like to talk about but they just need to be said um if you are someone who is experiencing those things that I was talking about with dermatillomania or even the, the hair picking, hair pulling, um, like pulling out your hair, that is trichotillomania, spelled T-R-I-C-H-O-T-O-L-I-M-A-N-I-A. can't believe I just spelled that as tired as I am. And then there is dermatillomania, which is D-E-R-M-A-T-I-L-L-A-M-A-N-I-A. And I think I spelled those both correctly, I think. But my brain fog is happening right now, so I gotta go. It's been really awesome talking to you guys. I love you guys. Look, each and every one of you guys. Another shout out to my friend Sam. Thank you so much for being a part of everything that I do. Hopefully you didn't find this episode cringeworthy me talking about all the horrible things about me but um I just feel like hopefully by me exposing all the things that most people don't want to talk about with themselves like I don't want to talk about these things but by exposing them maybe I'm helping other people hopefully because I feel really yucky after making this episode so I'm gonna go lay down and hopefully um get enough rest and not feel as yucky Thank you guys and spread love, light, positivity everywhere you go. And don't forget, even the smallest light can make a difference in the darkness. Bye.